0: to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. To stay connected with what's happening at CJC and to receive text message reminders or announcements, text the word CONNECT to the number 575-209-2770. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this message online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, I want to welcome our online campus. So glad you guys are joining us today. I'm sure this stage looks really cool on TV. Uh, you ought to see it here. It's, it's really, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like I went to a, a uh, who seems welcome to the jungle? Anybody know who sings it? See if you guys knew your scriptures like you know your rock bands this countdown would be different. No uh, we're glad you're here glad you're here. Hey I have a real question real quick. So this is our Monday night crowd okay. This is our Monday night crew. You guys are amazing. I just need to take a I need to see something okay. We're going to take a little vote okay. I want you to imagine. Yes here we go. Yes Clayton's already voting. Good job. <laughs> Our grand opening, as of right now, is going to be August the 15th and 16th, okay? August 15th and 16th. We're very excited. We're going to have a Monday night, deal, but that's what I want to talk about. And so I'm going to turn to you, and I want to just envision, as of tomorrow, we're going to start announcing it. We're going to start getting everybody ready. We're going to start pumping everybody up. The grand opening on August 15th and 16th, okay? So let me turn to you guys and ask you a question. You're the Monday night crew, and you know that they're doing a grand opening. We're doing a grand opening on Sunday. But my question is, where do you think you would go to the grand opening? Would you, and this is notoriously Monday night or or Monday, is y'all go to the big things that happen on Sunday, like Easter. You would go to Easter on Sunday, and then we kind of see that nobody's here on Monday. Let me ask you a question. Who plans on going to the Monday night grand opening? Raise your hand. I really need to see it. Okay, so I look around this place. Okay, that gives us a good idea. Gives us a great idea, okay? So so we're going to have a Monday night grand opening, and uh, what we're planning is some big stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, but that kind of gives me an idea. So now you're officially committed to the Monday night (laughs) grand opening, okay? Don't bail on me now, okay? Uh, Let's pray for the service. Father, we love you. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. We thank you for who you are. You're great. You're greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in a series called 1 Corinthians. We're talking about a letter that Paul wrote back to the church of Corinth in regards to five key things that they had questions about. These are questions that were causing division. These were questions that were spiritual questions of can we get by with doing this? And still consider ourselves Christ followers? And Paul would write them letters. And it was, it was from everything from sex to food. Okay, And today is going to be the fun conversation. It's going to be about food. And yes, right in the middle of 1 Corinthians is this conversation about food. Now here's the thing about it. We have to stop and kind of get a base layer before we do anything. Now if you're taking notes... It's really important that you go with me here at the beginning. First of all, a great thing for you to go back to, if this has been a fun series, if you like to study on your own, studying 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2 really is good for your spirit. It establishes in your heart who Jesus is, what Paul is reminding them that Jesus is, and, and then he begins to talk to them about the five things. What are these things that are so important, okay? These things that are so important, they're really just truths, okay, that are very important in a foundational truth. The Bible is broke up into three segments, foundational truths, truths, and faith stories, okay? You cannot mix truths with foundational truths. Let me give you an idea. There's a lot of people that take truths and turn them into a foundational truth. Like, for instance, um, some people say that it's a foundational truth that you can only meet on the Sabbath, and that Sabbath is a Saturday, and that blows everybody's mind that meets on Sunday, and, and, and really, honestly, it's not a foundational truth. It's a truth that God said that make sure that we keep the Sabbath holy, and if we're going to keep the Sabbath holy, make sure that you rest. The other day, my dad turned to me, and he said, he says, are you getting enough rest? I said, I think so, Dad. He goes, let me just tell you, even God rested. you got to rest too. I thought, that was really good my dad said that. That's really awesome. It's a foundational truth that God said you must rest. You must give everything rest. Work your tail off and then rest. And if you're going to follow the Sabbath, you got to follow the whole Sabbath. But it is a truth. A foundational truth is Christ crucified and Jesus Rose from the grave. These are the foundational truths that lead into the truth. And what we're talking about today are five truths. But the most important thing is that you understand that these five things are just truths if you don't understand the foundational truths of we follow Jesus. I'm going to get back to this here in a minute. Today I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Okay, this is where we're going to get to, but I think it's good to kick off with this. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Stop. I want to make sure I read this right. It is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Now, that may throw everybody off. Wait, I thought the Lord's Supper was very important. Let me tell you why Paul's saying this. He's saying every time you guys get together, you're not taking the Lord's Supper correctly. That's why this conversation about food is so important. We can end up, we can end up doing something like the Lord's Supper exactly the way it's supposed to be done and miss why we do it. In fact, let me, I went shopping and I kind of pulled out, let me tell you, to take communion and we're going to close with communion today uh, our church, with three services, has gotten to the point, we don't take communion anymore. We basically do a, a banquet. I mean, it takes a lot of work. It, it's like, it, it, we, you got to go get a lot of bread for this crew. you got to go get a lot of grape juice for these folks. It, it's not like Monday night service when we used to meet in the cell barn. There's a, there's a few more people. And so, I mean, like, we have to buy out all of Walmart and Albertsons just to make sure we're going to have bread for everybody. And, and, and I went shopping the other day. and And the key part... About communion is remembering what the Lord has done. And I spared no expense for you guys. When it comes to grape juice, I got you the Welch's 100% super berry. Okay? Hey, nothing held back for you guys. But here's the thing about communion it is a remembrance of what Jesus did. I'll say it again communion is a remembrance, a foundational truth remembrance that Jesus walked with us, and talked with us, and taught us kingdom, and taught us the Father's heart. Every question you ever have about life and how to live it, Jesus walked with us for 33 and a half years, and he coached us as a great rabbi would. And you have access to the bread of life This is a foundational truth you have in your life that God's teaching came through Jesus and it is real and through the prophets and through all the great things God did, you will see it all coming back to one thing. God is not bashful to show you how to follow his plan. That's why Jesus picked up the loaf and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Every time you take it, do it in remembrance of me. This is a illustration that points us to a foundational truth. We could talk about food today. And we can talk about what Paul's third point in 1 Corinthians was. But if we don't have this foundational truth, we miss everything. The foundational truth that Jesus picked up the cup and he said, This is my blood. And it'll be shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. Every time you take this, do it in remembrance of me, remembrance of this precious blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And for us to stop and pause and think about how precious is the blood of Jesus. I'm not, please don't think I'm trying to be preachy. Please don't think I'm trying to be, I'm just trying to make this to where it's fancy. I'm really trying to get to your heart. We pause and we think about the precious blood of Jesus. Why precious? He didn't have to do it. And we doggone didn't deserve it. But it was the perfect Lamb of God that said, I love you even when you don't love me. And you don't have a clue who I am, but you'll, go, you'll know. And the only way you'll know is because I'll give my life for you. And one day you'll realize how precious it is. That's why we take communion. It's so important. Today, I'm going to keep going, and, and we're going to begin to unpack some stuff. Why do we all come together? I'm going to build a key point. And it's going to go into little increments, but we're going to start off with this one. We're all here today because following Jesus makes you. And that's something I really want to get. We're going to add to this. You see the ellipsis at the end? We're going to add to this. But I want to start off and make sure you realize the only reason you are here and the only reason I am here is so that we can follow Jesus better. We'll know where he is We'll know where he isn't, we'll know where to go, we'll know where to not go. You can't say, I left Cowboy Junction and I don't know where Jesus is. We're going to make it very clear. And every time we get together, that's our goal, to follow Jesus. But following Jesus will always make you, okay? And today specifically, we're going to get into Paul's saying, but I want to just set this foundation. Following Jesus makes you dependently responsible. Now I talked to my English teacher, one of them, the other ones here today and I'm just curious to see what she'll think about this. But um, Heather uh, looked at this and I said, "Okay, is this grammatically is this it is grammatically is correct?" And and she read it and she goes, "I, I, I don't know." Following Jesus makes you dependently responsible, dependently responsible. And she started talking about adjectives and 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 I'm just looking at her like this. And she just turned and she asked this. She said, are you trying to be grammatically correct? And I said, well, no. And she goes, then who cares? It looks great. (laughs) How'd I do, Lisa? She's not here. Okay. Anyway, following Jesus makes you dependently responsible. Let Let me tell you why I picked this. Are you ready? Dependently. Following Jesus has never been something you have to do. In fact, let me just turn to you right now and tell you, you don't have the ability to follow Jesus. Your flesh is going to fight you. And for everybody in the room that you've been trying to muscle faith, and you've been trying to make it work, and you've been trying to make it happen, can I just turn to you and say, when we are dependent upon Jesus to follow him, he will show you what to do. Completely dependently. There's, There's some things in my life that I'm believing God for, but I have to turn to him to show me how to believe him for it. Show me how to believe you for this. Show me where you are. I, if I was to leave you to follow you, that'd be the dumbest thing. Think about that. I'm going to leave you and don't do it myself to follow you. That's so dumb. I'm going to follow you to show, for you to show me how to follow you. It's dependency. So following Jesus makes you dependently, are you ready for this one? Responsible. And though Paul is preaching about food, it's not about food. The third part of 1 Corinthians is actually about a responsibility that takes place by dependently following Jesus and him going and saying, okay, I'm going to talk to you about food. And you go, okay, food, it's good. I need to lose some weight. And Jesus goes, this has nothing to do with weight. This has everything to do with a responsibility that I'm going to show you as you follow me, it's very important. Let me show you the definition of responsibility. You ready? Having an obligation to do something or have control over or care for someone. Everybody say someone. someone. It's an obligation. It's an obligation to do something or, or have control over. You having control over your life and the, the choices you make and, 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 and the things that you do over the care for Someone, as part of one's job or role. Which means that as a Christian, you have a dependent responsibility to follow Jesus in areas that are really going to make you think beyond the situation. Okay, it's, it's food. No, it's more than food. It, it's it's what I drink. No, it's more than what you drink. It, 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 it's what I see. It is, but it's beyond that. There is a mystery revealed to you when we have an obligation to do something or have control over or care for someone as part of one's job or responsibility, okay? So here's the point. Following Jesus makes you dependently responsible, number one, for others. I just want to make sure you get this. Because for everybody just trying to figure out Jesus and do it, this is me, this is for me, this is for me, it's only half for you. The other half is for other people. This is a great conversation. For everybody that you're like a seasoned pro, you've been going to church your whole life, you know exactly where I'm gonna go with this. And it's good. It's good that we talk about this because talking about it kind of dusts the rust off a little bit. It causes us to really lean in and go, I needed that. I forgot it. I've been so obsessed with me, 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 my prayers, my prayers. What does God want for my life? I kind of forget about other people. For everybody in the room, that you're just coming into this or this is something that, Ty, just feed me whatever God gives you because every time I come in here, I realize I didn't know that. I need to know that. And you need to know this. You are responsible for those around you trying to follow Jesus. Okay? And I don't want to put the pressure on, but I'm going to tell you, your actions could affect somebody's faith. You can write that down. You can write it in front of your Bible. You could say something like this, I need to always remember my actions could affect somebody's faith. In this portion of 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking about food, okay? And he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, so now we go back, he says, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge and knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. That's so true. Isn't it true that we can justify anything? Isn't it true that we can say, I follow Jesus, and I don't have a conviction about doing this. I follow Jesus, but you know, in my family, this isn't a big deal. In my family, we can eat this, we can drink that, we can do this, we can say this. And Paul says, if you're not careful, you'll begin to be puffed up with what you're permissible to do. And you start telling everybody what you can do instead of actually thinking of the responsibility to care for those around you and how your choices affect the ones you love in their walk with Jesus. Concerning idols. Now in Corinth, there was a bunch of temples, all kinds of idol worship in every form or fashion. And literally people are coming to the Christian church of Corinth, the one little Christian church in Corinth by the droves because they're burned out of these other religions that lead nowhere and they don't go anywhere and you offer food to idols and and nothing happens and they're like is this all there is and then they meet Jesus and they're coming in they're coming in from the Jewish circles they're coming in from the pagan circles they're coming in from all the nowhere circles and Jesus uh, and Paul got this letter about what do we do with all these different dietary religious situations that keep popping up you I know mean, we had a church potluck the other day and someone bought a camel and then somebody was cooking cooking pigeon another another guy brings pig and another guy says I can't eat that another guy says what's wrong with it pork's great and what do we do about all of this different food and Paul says it's good that you're asking because your knowledge will only puff you up but love, will lift other people up. Don't ever forget that. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows, he knows nothing, yet he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by God. This is a really cool last sentence. If, if you really want to know God's plan for your life, okay, why don't you try knowing His plan And then he will know you. I've I've thought about that often. I've always wanted God to know me. But it's funny, the more I know him, the more he reveals himself to me. The more I know him, the more he reveals himself to me. This is really good. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. The knowledge of uh, some people are still so accustomed to idols That when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. And so he's saying here there's people who really are leaving an old life. And every time they drink that, it takes them back to the old person they used to be. And they've learned how to serve God by never touching it again. There's some people that used to eat stuff and offer it to idols. And they've just decided to throw that idol and everything it had in their life, grip, control, out. And every time they think of this food, it takes them back to an old life. And so this is very important to them. Okay? But he says, but food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. And so Paul really establishes something right here. He says, listen, let's just be honest. Food has no personality food has no personality but it's still important that we talk about it he goes on he says but beware lest someone lest somehow this liberty i can eat pork i can eat camel i can eat this i can't eat that i can't drink this this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak it's very important that we talk about this in the church that your liberty could actually be a stumbling block to people who are weak in their faith. This is the story in that the Corinthian church would sit down and have communion. And we'll talk about it here at the end. But in their communion, it got to be a little bit of a party. No joke. We're talking about people who want to follow Jesus, but they've been in the world. And so somebody popped up and said, hey, what if instead of bread, we just kind of made sure that we just brought everything we need? We got the cheese. We got the mustard. Make sure this turns into a party. And it just turned into a great big old glutton fest. And and it was, I mean, it was a big deal. People would eat and eat and eat and eat. And, eat, and, and it wouldn't stop there. They would also They would also just turn it into a moment to where it was a party. I mean, it's like, And Jesus gave his blood. And the guys would go, yeah. I mean, no joke. Read about it in 1 Corinthians. It turned into a big drunk fest. There was two things Paul talked about. He said, number one, you guys have turned this into such a self-seeking thing, something that is a foundational truth, points us to a foundational truth. Your selfishness has caused you to say, I don't have any problem with this, but you didn't take a look at the people around you. And the first thing I noticed was, Everybody would say, hey, let's eat a bunch. But then everybody would get in line, and you would make your plate so big, by the time the end of the line came through, there was no food left. So number one, you're all a bunch of selfish people, you Corinthian people. Number two, everybody goes home drunk after communion. And Paul addresses it. And he said, isn't it funny how you've taken something special and you've turned it into something fleshly okay it's a great conversation i want everyone to be aware of something for everyone praying for their husband for everyone praying for their wife can i turn to you and say that sometimes we tend to forget that what we think isn't a big deal you doing could actually be a stumbling block to the one you love and want to see follow Jesus. Your friends, your friends who you hang out with, friends who you would go, I'd love it if they knew Jesus, if they only got to go to our church, if they only got to experience what we talk about, if they could only experience the breakthrough. I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect, but guys, I want my friends to know Jesus. Can I turn to you and say, the liberty you have could actually be a stumbling block. To the week. Can I turn to every youth group volunteer, every junior high volunteer in our church? And I can tell you that being a youth group volunteer and junior high volunteer in today's day and age is a lot more difficult than back when I was in youth group. Let me tell you, give you two reasons why, Instagram and Facebook. And one of the most confusing things is when you see someone who follows Jesus and loves Jesus and teaches you on Wednesday and sits with you on Sunday and then posts things about what they do on days that they aren't in church. And I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm, not trying, I'm just trying to be upfront and honest. You're always under view. Someone's always watching and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. We want to point Jesus people to Jesus. But if we're not thinking about the message we're putting out, we could be missing the stumbling blocks that we're causing those around us. Does this make sense? Yeah. yeah. I tell you what you should do with this. You should just pray about it. You should sincerely ask God. And and I don't think the answer is for you to cancel your Instagram account. (laughs) I think you should probably get your Instagram account saved. I I think leading your Facebook account to Jesus would probably be the best thing for Facebook. I think you taking a look at your life... And asking, am I pointing people to Jesus or am I causing a stumbling blocks for people? It's a question I have to ask myself many times, many, many times. Okay, so this is point number one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go real quick on point number two because this is very, it's the very same thing. Paul it, brought everybody together, okay? Paul brought everybody together and he began to turn to him and say, okay, here's the other thing. We're not focusing on the fact that God has blessed us with some pretty awesome teachers, and preachers, and pastors, and leadership, and and we can be so focused on our needs, we're not looking at blessing the people who are blessing us with spiritual food. We can be so focused on earthly food, and do I have enough, and do I get enough, and do I make enough, and do I have enough to retire, we're not sitting here and thinking of the blessing of the very people who are preaching the gospel, it goes hand in hand. Let me show you. Here's my point. Following Jesus makes you dependently responsible, not only for yourself, not only for what God wants to do in your life, but for ministries and those who minister. Well, here's what I was going to do. I was going to say, okay, and to teach this point, I brought in a guest speaker because this is really hard for me to teach because I'm the dude, okay? Jeff's the dude. Uh, Mondo's the dude. You got all kinds of dudes and dudettes. At, at Cowboy Junction staff, and I was going to go behind and put a wig on and put a mustache on and come out and talk in a Swedish accent and say, don't forget to take care of your pastors. Okay? And that, and I, and see, you didn't laugh even at that, so I doubt if you laughed at this. And can I turn to you and, and, and tell you that Paul says, it's, guys, listen, this isn't a joke. Right. Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And this is Paul's point, and he's saying not only does your walk become a witness to those around you, but you're honoring the very people who feed you the (coughs) bread of life, the word of God. Paul begins to teach, and one of the things I think is so important, I kind of crafted it to this. Honoring what God gives you and who God used to give it to you is one of the greatest honors in the kingdom of God. And don't think that if you don't start honoring the very people that God has put in your life to teach the gospel, if God won't honor you with more because you honored his servants. It's a big deal. I mean, when I was a young man, and the guy who mentored me began to coach me on how to honor and respect the the pastors that were in my life, and um, I, I, one of the coolest people in the world is Heather Bean. Have you ever noticed that uh, she's my wife? <laughs> she is. She's so awesome. Does Heather have to say, does, do you think Heather has to refer to me as Pastor Ty? Not at all. I didn't even ask her to do it. But have you ever noticed that every time she talks about me, she says, hey, Pastor Ty. And Pastor Ty, watch her on, on, on the, 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 the Facebook channel. Uh, whenever she's introducing, she says, today I talked to Pastor Ty. She doesn't have to do that. I don't make her do it. You know why she does it? Because she told me a long time ago, she says, I want to be the first one that shows you the respect that you deserve. I just thought that. It's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. It's like, don't. Stop. Stop. And she goes, stop it, Pastor Ty. I'm, oh, quit it. Stop. And, and this is one of those fun things that's not easy to talk about. But can I turn to you and say that we have some amazing pastors. Pastor Jeff Kucher. If you've got a kid in the youth group, you should honor that guy. Amen. Honor that guy. Honor that guy. Pastor Mondo, he's new on the scene. Can I tell you that we hired him because he is head and shoulders above anything we could ever imagine. In the hiring pool, we scored. We scored. We've had some amazing kids' church pastors. Amazing kids' church pastors. When Tori was here and different folks, And attorney, we've been blessed. Do you know what it does to your kids when you honor the kids' church pastors? It's a huge deal. Yeah. And I will turn to you and tell you this. If you take for granted for the things that God's blessed you with, don't be surprised if you won't recognize the other blessings God's put in your life too. But when you honor the things that God puts into your life, don't, don't, don't you couldn't keep up with the blessings if you could begin to honor the very things that God puts into your life. And it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. It goes hand-in-hand hand with people just not realizing that we are dependently responsible for recognizing the ministries that take place and the ministers that God puts in our life. Third thing Paul says in this portion of First Corinthians, he says following Jesus makes you, or he doesn't say this is the point, following Jesus makes you dependently responsible with a holy reverence for the things of God. Did anybody grow up and there was just a reverence in church? Just a reverence. I remember a reverence. Um, we, we would always get dressed up going to church. I'm glad we got rid of that one, by the way. It's um, that fun having a Monday night crowd. You can come just the way you are. But there was this reverence. Um, I remember this, this attitude of reverence for the things of God. And I think we still have that today. We really do. I want to touch on what Paul said. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. Okay, And now he's walking through this communion setting. And you know what he's doing? He's unpacking the party scene. He's saying, let's put the ham up. Let's put the mustard. In fact, let's... let's I don't know who brought the wine, but let's, let's put the wine up for a minute. He puts it down, and Paul begins to pull this crowd together and remind them of the main thing being the main thing. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the whole Corinthian church began to go back to the remembrance of why we are here. That the beginning scripture said, When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you're taking. And they began to come together and think, When we come together, it is the Lord's Supper we should be taking. In the same manner, he also took the cup. And after supper, he's saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And it's this remembrance of of the great sacrifice. And the whole church of Corinth was pulled back together with a holy reverence for the things of God. The beautiful, pure, perfect things of God. But then Paul does something very interesting. He shifts and he asks the entire church to examine their self. You don't need someone to examine you right now. You need to examine yourself, both young and old, to cause a moment of pause and to look at yourself and to see, is there anything in me that will never produce God's best is there anything in my life that is not where God wants to go? Is there unforgiveness in my life? Is there things in my life that will never produce the righteousness of God? Am I being a witness to those around me? Is my life shining people towards Jesus or being a stumbling block? And Paul says, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. He's saying as soon as you do examine yourself and look closer and deeper and allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart, To convict you. And there are apologies given to God. And there is repentance expressed to God. He says, then you are worthy to take this cup and eat this bread. So I thought today that would be a kind of fun thing to do. Why don't we just take a moment. We are going to take Holy Communion. We're going to take this bread and this cup. And we're going to remember the Lord's body. And the blood that he shed. But why don't we just bow our heads. Why don't we just take a moment to just allow the Holy Spirit to show us. Father today we come to you and we pray. This whole church, this whole body on our online campus. In this place right now. Is there anything that we're just too busy to hear you on? Jesus fact is is that we're hungry for you and we want you and we need you and we desire you is there anything in our lives in the words that come out of our mouth in the things that we hold in our heart in the actions that we have That is not what you want for our life. Lord, are there things that in 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 wanting to be around friends and not wanting to be alone and, and appreciating the people that you put into our life and loved ones that we have? Have I ever compromised? Have we ever compromised our faith walk? Have we ever compromised And did something, and it did not cause people to take a step closer to you. But it actually caused people to step away from you and possibly even confuse them. Like, how can you call yourself a real follower of Jesus, but you do this? And Lord, this isn't a time for us to go into dark places and step into the corner. We want to step into the light, and we want to just simply say, Jesus Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And I'd like another chance. There's some stuff I need you to work out in us. There's some stuff I need you to work through in us. And Father, I think it's gonna be more than just a quick prayer on a Monday night. I think this is a conversation we need to constantly have. Who do you want us to be? And Father, today, I I just wanna stop and pray. For some of us in this room, there's just some unforgiveness we have. We've carried bitterness and anger. We, 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 we've carried some unforgiveness. And Father, I want to be the first to turn to you and say, Father, as you have forgiven me, I, I, I want to forgive them. And I want to ask that you just wipe their sins away. Anything they've done to me, and I think there's people all over this room doing the same thing. I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, and right now as you're sitting in your seat, why don't you just take a moment, is there any unforgiveness that you've just been carrying, junk, just junk, Father, I forgive them, Father, thank you for forgiving me, but Lord, I forgive them too. Sweet Father. Sweet, sweet father. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it feel good? Was well, this is a good family conversation tonight? If you're in this room and you would go, dang, this is what y'all do at church. <laughs> this is what we do. We talk about family stuff. We talk about sometimes when our family gets dysfunctional. We gotta talk about when our family gets Funky and start dating our stepmom, and and uh, that was last week's message. That's funny. That's funny. That was last week's message. Okay, but seriously, <laughs> have you ever thought about following Jesus? Not joining a church, not joining, following a pastor, but seriously, saying, is there any reason that you've never accepted Christ as your Savior? And I want to just tell you, it's the greatest decision I ever made in my entire life, and it changed me. It was the hardest decision I ever made. It was bigger than anything I thought. But to see God's plan for my life, he can do it to you too. I'm going to be right over here after church, standing right over there. If you're just not wanting to walk out the same person you walked in as, I'd love to pray with you.